comment section. Pray the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Can we just give God a praise from the comfort of our homes right now? Oh, come on, let's give God some praise. That's right, praise the Lord. Come on, let's give God some praise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That's right, praise him, praise him, praise him right from Zoom. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity for us to come together again, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this Resurrection Sunday. And God, although we're not in the four walls of the church, we thank you, Lord, for we can still praise you, God. We still adore you. We still honor you. We still lift up your name, God. And God, we're not going to allow a church building to hinder our worship to you, God. But God, we're going to praise you in the comfort of our home, God. We're going to praise you in our kitchen, our living room. Wherever we are on today, God, we're going to give you praise. For God, we understand the importance of this day. For God, over 2,000 years ago, you died so that we may live. And God, we thank you on today, God. Oh, God, when we had no hope, God, you became our hope. When we had no peace, you became our peace. God, when we had no joy, you became our joy. God, you became our sacrifice when there was no sacrifice that was worthy to die on our behalf. And God, we thank you. God, touch this country. Touch us on today, God. Touch all of us, God. In every place, in every area, in every city, in every state, every nation, God. God, we are going through a situation that we've never experienced before. But you know what, God? We thank you. We thank you, God, for your sovereign. And God, we thank you that we're still alive, God. We're still here in the land of the living, God. Many have died, God, but God, you have kept us alive for purpose. And God, our purpose today is to praise you. And today we will give you the glory. For God, you are worthy of all the praise, God. Touch us in this service on today. Touch us by this word on today, God. Use us, God, on today, God. Allow, God, the word to flow, God. Allow the word to resonate and permeate into our hearts, God. In the name of Jesus, God. Transform our minds. Transform our hearts, God. Move like only you can move, God. God, we ask for a special touch, though, for those that are sick. Sick and shutting, God. We ask God right now, God, that you touch them and heal them right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God. For God, there's power in your blood, God. There's healing in your blood, God. We ask God that you move throughout this country, God. Heal our land, God, in the name of Jesus, God. Allow us to turn our backs, God, away, God, and turn our hearts back towards you, God. In the name of Jesus, God. Turn it around, God, in the name of Jesus, God. Oh, God, we thank you right now, God. We thank you, God, for still showing your grace, God. We thank you, God, for showing your compassion, God. We thank you, God, for leading us and directing us and allowing us to move by your spirit, God. And God, we thank you right now, God. And God, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. How's everybody doing out there today? Sorry, give me some water. <laughs> How's everybody doing up there today? Everybody doing all right? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He has risen. He is risen. He is alive. He is alive. Come on, y'all. He is alive. He is alive. Hallelujah. I thank God that we don't celebrate a dead Jesus, but we celebrate, thank you, we celebrate a risen Savior. We celebrate a risen Savior. Amen. We celebrate a risen Savior. And we are so grateful. I want to thank all of you that have taken the time out to join us here 
in our live uh, stream of the service on today. Uh, many of you know we are uh, a little inconvenienced due to uh, the circumstances with the pandemic, uh, but God is still able. Uh, and as long as the believers are together, uh, then there is definitely a possibility, not even a possibility, there is uh, a demand that God will show up. So we are celebrating on today, uh, this Resurrection Sunday, and I am excited about what God is doing uh, for all of us uh, in, in this, this gathering on today. Uh, I don't want to weary your patience, but I want to go right to the Word of God on today, if I may. Uh, I want to go to the book of St. John, the 20th chapter. Uh, those of you uh, that are familiar with this ministry, you know we go line by line, verse by verse. Uh, so I would I would encourage you to grab a Bible. Uh, I would encourage you, uh, if you could, grab another phone, because I know some of you were streaming from your phones. Um, if, if you don't have a phone available, grab your tablet, <clears throat> because I want to make sure that you follow me on today as we go into the Word of God. Amen. We're going to be coming from the book of St. John, the 20th chapter, uh, starting at the first verse. And when you get there, the first person that says, amen, back to me, we're going to start reading. All right, all right, I got an amen, I got two amens. Um, it says here in the first verse, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb, so she ran to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, which is John, doesn't want to get too vain and put his name in the scripture. The one Jesus loved, well, he gets a little vain there because he lets us know that Jesus loved him and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they have put him. What I love about the book of St. John here is that John uh, gives us uh, it features, rather, uh, more appearances of Jesus after the resurrection than any of the other Gospels. Uh, so he's very detailed uh, and gives us a lot of uh, insight on what happened after Christ had risen from the dead on the third day. One thing we have to understand here is that Mary Magdalene is on her way uh, to uh, bring spices and ointments to the body of Jesus Christ to preserve it. Uh, the thing that I want you guys to remember is that this is the same Mary that in Luke, the eighth chapter, and in the second verse, uh, had seven demons that were casted out by Jesus. So there's an adoration and a commitment to Christ for what he has done. Uh, so now, uh, after Christ has redeemed her or has delivered her from these seven demons, uh, there is a gratitude and an adoration to Jesus. Uh, even in his death, uh -huh. that Jesus has died, but even in his death, she is still committed to Jesus. Uh, this teaches us a lesson that those of us that have ever had an encounter with God, regardless of whatever circumstances we have, there is nothing that will separate us from the love of God. Do I got a witness in here? Uh, many of us have had all types of situations that have occurred uh, we are going through a season of sense of uncertainty. Uh, but if I had a witness in here right now, you will confirm with me today that even in the midst of everything that is going on, there is nothing that's going to separate me from the love of God. So Jesus 
and might have died at this point, but even in his death, she is still committed to Jesus. Hmm. Now, see, some of us are only committed to Jesus when things are well. Some of us are only committed to Jesus when things look good. Some of us are only committed to Jesus when things look like everything's going to be all right. Uh, but how many of you can really say that even in your hardest points, you still found the time to get down on your knees and pray? How many of us can say that when our back was against the wall, we still trusted him? And what Mary is teaching us in this lesson here is she's teaching us how to remain committed even when the situation looks bleak. God, being who he is, had already had a plan. Uh, those of you that have read the other Gospels, you begin to see that at that time, right before she came, uh, there was an earthquake. Uh -huh. And the mouth of, of the cave where Jesus lay, it had been rolled away. Uh, this mouth was hundreds of pounds uh, of weight, which means that it would have taken a whole bunch of people to move it out of the way. But the Bible says that the stone rolled away and an angel sat upon it. Uh, what it shows me there in that text is that there is nothing that can stop the word of God from his mission. For Jesus is the word. And when the cave had its closing closure on the word, no matter how strong, no matter how big it was, nothing could stop God from his purpose. And I'm here to encourage somebody today to let you know, regardless of what you're going through, regardless of your circumstance, regardless of whatever's happening, it can be a stone, it can be a, a, a diagnosis, it can be whatever you're going through. There is nothing that can get in the way of God's word. God, if he has to, he will change the laws of nature in order for him to get his purpose across. Can I give you an example? He crossed or he opened the Red Sea to get his purpose across. He opened the Jordan to get his purpose across. He, he uh, allowed the children of Israel to go through plagues to get his purpose across. And if God is able to do law, change the laws of nature to get his purpose across, don't you for a minute begin to deceive yourself into believing that God won't be able to make a way for you. So we go to the third verse, and it says, And at that, Peter and the other disciples went out heading for the tomb. The two were running, but the other disciple outran Peter, look at John bragging again, and got to the tomb first. Stooping down, he saw the lady clothes lying there, but he did not go in. Then following him, Simon Peter also came. He entered into the tomb and he saw the linen cloths lying there. The wrapping that had been on his head was not lying with the linen cloths, but had was folded up in a separate piece by itself. Hmm. Mary now runs after she recognizes that Jesus was gone from his tomb. She runs and she goes and tells Peter and John that Jesus is gone. She runs and she tells Peter that Jesus is gone. I'm going to take my time here. She runs and tells Peter and John that Jesus is gone. Now, what I love here is that John and Peter 
don't just sit back and relax. But what John and Peter do is they get up and they still go to see whether or not what Mary is saying is true. Uh, John runs first, but does not go in. <laughs> He's the fastest. He gets to the tomb first. He looks inside of the tomb, but he doesn't go in the tomb. Uh, Peter comes back, which tells us uh, that either Peter is slow, or John is a little younger than Peter and can get there a little faster, but Peter gets there and he looks inside of the tomb and he recognizes as well that Jesus isn't in there. Mm -hmm. uh, they get there, but they notice that the wrapping of his body was still there and the napkin was folded. Mm. Uh, they get there and they notice that his clothes were laid out that he was wrapped in and his napkin was presently folded. What I love about this text here is that Peter and John have questions, but it doesn't stop their pursuit. And what it shows us sometimes is that sometimes we have questions in our journey with God, but that should not stop us from pursuing him. Many of us have uncertainty of what God is doing in this season. But the last thing that you want to do when you have uncertainty is to stop seeking God for answers, which shows us that God is okay with us asking some questions. Uh -huh. I know we're told don't question God, uh, but if he's the all-knowing God, he has answers. Uh, so there's not a question, there's not a problem with questions. Um, there's a problem when you stop pursuing. And Peter and John says that he's not there but even though he's not there and I have questions, I'm still going to pursue him. Can I go a step further with just a couple moments? I, I, I told you that his clothes, when he got inside of the tomb, Jesus' clothes, his wrapping was laying there. And at the top, there was a napkin folded. His clothes were laying there and the napkin was folded. Let's rewind and go back. They get to the tomb and the stone was rolled away. So the stone was rolled away, which would have took a whole lot of effort. His clothes were unwrapped, which meant that somebody would have had to take in their time to unwrap him. And the napkin was folded, which meant that they would have taken their time to fold the napkin and lay it there. Uh, which then gives them the, the, the understanding that this could not have been a theft. Jesus' body could not have been stolen because if his body was stolen, it would have took them too much time to unroll the stone and to have enough time to leave his clothes laying there on the grave. And it would have took them too much time to have consideration to fold the napkin and lay it there, <laughs> which tells them that something had had to happen. Are y'all ready to go to another level with this? If you want to look at this a step further, it shows us that Jesus had to have been resurrected because there's no way in the world that somebody would have taken the time to roll away a stone, unwrap his clothes, fold a napkin, and take his body. There had to be something that happened here which shows them that a resurrection
action had had to occur. God help me, Holy Ghost. You have to understand, when we go back to the book of Luke, uh, there was a man by the name of Lazarus. And when we begin to study Lazarus, the Bible says that he was in the grave for four days. And the Bible says that his body had stinketh. Uh -huh, but Jesus called him by his name. And when Jesus called him by his name, the Bible says that he began to come up the steps, but his body was still wrapped, which means that he came out with his grave clothes. But when Jesus died, he left his grave clothes in the grave, which shows us two things. The first thing that it shows us is that Jesus or Lazarus was delivered from death. But Jesus had victory over death. I'm going to say it again. Lazarus was delivered from death, but Jesus had victory over death. And can I show you something a little bit different? Lazarus had to die again, but Jesus died once, and he'll never die again. So when they get into the tomb, it is confirmation that God is not dead, but he still is alive. Are y'all with me? So now we go to the eighth verse. And when we get to the eighth verse, it says the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, then also went in and saw and believed. He believed. For they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. Hmm. Say this, this eighth verse that John saw that Jesus was gone and immediately he believed. He was one of the only witnesses that knew it for a fact because he seen it with his own eyes. We are here 2,000 years later and we believe by faith but the Bible says that John believed because John seen it with his own eyes. Uh, this shows us that this was not only something that he saw with his own eyes, but it shows us that it was the work of God because they did not have the, the, the biblical literacy to understand the resurrection yet, which shows us that there's no way in the world that they had anything to do with taking Jesus' body out of the tomb. Are y'all with me? Uh, it shows us that they had nothing to do with creating a story to make the narrative of the four Gospels because they didn't even understand the importance of the resurrection that was prophesied in the Old Testament, which shows us that God has a way of sometimes leaving us in the dark so that when he manifests his glory, the only testimony that we can have is that it was God and it was God all by himself. Can I preach to somebody today? Somebody's back is against the wall. Somebody is sick in their body. Somebody is broke as a joke. Somebody is going through some situations with their job. There's somebody is going through some situations in their finances. And right now there's no hope. There's no help that can bring you out of the situation but God. And sometimes the reason why God leaves your back up against the wall is because he wants to get all the glory out of the situation so that there's nobody that can take credit. There's nobody that can take glory. There's nobody that can share the testimony that God did it. And sometimes God will leave you laying there. God will leave you stuck. God will
he can put you back together again. And so that the witnesses around you can say that if it was not for the Lord who was on their side, now I know they wouldn't be here. So sometimes we got to rejoice. We got to rejoice in our infirmities. We got to rejoice when we go through. Because when God gets done putting the pieces back together, the testimony that we will have is that it was only God that did this for us. So God sometimes, I'm sorry, y'all got me excited today. God sometimes will leave us in the dark. God sometimes will leave us in a place of no understanding. God sometimes will remain silent when you're looking for answers. Because sometimes God wants to make sure that he gets all of the glory out of the situation. So now we see here that God did not share everything with his disciples. He left them in the dark because if they would have known what the next steps were, then Pilate and his associates would have tried to say, and they even still did, that the disciples were in on stealing the body out of the cave. Um, but the argument that they can make was if we stole the body, how did we have enough manpower to move the stone? And if we stole the body, why would we unwrap him from his grave clothes? And if we stole the body, why would we fold the napkin? Uh, sometimes God will do things that don't make no sense so that he can share the testimony that it was only me that could make sense out of something that was impossible. Are y'all with me? So now let's go to the 11th verse. But Mary, which means that she followed John and Peter back to the grave. But Mary stood outside the tomb, crying. As she was crying, she stooped to look into the womb. She saw two angels in white, where Jesus' body had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you crying? Because they have taken my Lord, she told him, and I don't know where they put him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? Who is it that you're seeking? Supposing he was the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will take him away. Mm. Jesus said to her, Mary, turning around, she said to him, and our man, Rabbi, which means teacher. Let's work with this for just a minute real quickly. You have to understand that sometimes, sometimes you can be stricken with so much grief that you can't see God in the situation. Mary has had an encounter with two angels, but because she is so stricken with grief, she can't even see that the angels are encamping about her. Ooh. Some of us 
can become stricken with so much grief that we can't even see God in the situation. Mary was stricken with so much grief. Y'all with me? She is stricken with so much grief that she doesn't even understand or know that Jesus is behind her. Her eyes are so filled with water that she can't even see Jesus in the situation. If I can encourage somebody today, my encouragement to you is don't allow grief to hinder you from seeing Jesus. Help me, Holy Ghost. Don't allow the tears in your eyes. Don't allow the panic. Don't allow the stress. Don't allow the hurts. Don't allow the pains to get so caught up in your mind and in your spirit that you can't recognize that Jesus is right there with you. She has Jesus right in her midst and doesn't even recognize it because she's caught up in her grief. Hmm. In this season right now, there are folks that are so grief-stricken that they can't see God. They're so caught up in the news. They're so caught up in the government. They're so caught up in the fact that they can't go into a church building today. They baby can't wear her dress with the ruffles. So caught up that little man can't wear his suit with his bow tie. That we've missed the fact that Jesus is standing right in the midst with us. Don't allow grief to consume your vision. Y'all can write that down. I don't even know if that's one of my three points. Don't allow grief to consume your vision. So watch this. They look at her and they ask her a question. Why are you crying? Hmm. They're not saying this because they're not uh, 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 sympathetic to her. They're trying to figure out, don't you recognize that the Savior has risen? Hmm. Don't you recognize the promises that he gave you when he walked with you for three and a half years? Don't you recognize the promises that he gave you before he went to the cross? So why are you crying in this season when you have promises from him that he will be with you? Can I talk to somebody today? Why are we crying? Why are we struck with grief? Why are we so afraid and so fearful and so messed up in this season when we have the promises of God concerning our life? And what we got to do is we got to go back and study the promises of God that he has promised us from the beginning. And when you begin to see the promises of God concerning your life, the grief will begin to disappear. Can I help somebody today? Can I share with you some of the promises that Jesus promised us? One of the promises that he promised us is eternal life. 
Another promise that he promised us is that he will be with us always. Another promise that he promised us is that he will answer our prayers. Another promise that he promised us is that nothing is impossible with him. Another promise that he promised us is that he's preparing a place for us. And another promise that he promised us is that we shall reap. Y'all understand, I understand here, people of God, is that we cannot be sitting here upset upset crying and allow our vision to be so hindered that we don't understand that God is with us the whole time and that he is a promise keeper. And he's not like anybody else. If God gives you a promise, you can take it to the bank and I promise you that the check will cash. So God has given us these promises. Talking to somebody today, then why are you weeping? God has given you the promises that by his stripes we are healed. Then why are you claiming sickness? If God has promised you that he will be with you always, then why are you trying to isolate yourself? We need to go back when we find ourselves consumed with grief. We need to go back to the promises of God and what he promised us. And when we go back to what he has promised us, it will encourage our soul. I love Mary's faith in this text. What I love about Mary's faith in this text is that when she talks to the gardener, she supposed that possibly he would have moved Jesus' body. And she says, if you just tell me where he is, I'll move him myself. <laughs> Y'all missed it. This is one woman willing to carry the whole body of Jesus by herself because she's that in love with our Lord. She said, look, y'all tell, I know it probably took all three of y'all, but I love him so much. If you just tell me where the body is, I'll get him, I'll put him on my shoulders and I'll move him myself. But Jesus now speaks. And when she hears the gardener's voice, she recognizes that is the voice of her shepherd. Because he said that my sheep know my voice. And when she heard the voice of Jesus, watch this, when she heard the word, the word changed her grief. When she heard the word, the word turned her around. When she heard the word, the word changed her disposition. When she heard the word, the word changed her view of how everything is. I'm here to tell somebody, you need to hear the word of the Lord. Because when the word gets in your spirit, the word will transform you and turn your life around. I'm almost finished here. Verse 17 says, don't, cry, don't cling to me. Ooh. Jesus told her, since I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father, watch this, and your Father, to my God and your God. Ooh, help me, Jesus. Uh -huh. Tell them that I am ascending to my father and your father and my God and 
your God. Y'all listening, y'all listening. Uh, Don't tell him that I'm going to the Father. Don't don't, don't tell him I'm going to God, but tell tell them that I'm going to your Father. And I'm going to your God. Oh man, we're going to work this text in a minute. I'm going to your Father, and I'm going to your God. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to your Father, and I'm going to your God. What Jesus is basically saying when he tells her is don't, don't cling to me is I have not accomplished my mission yet. I have not been ascended yet. And I don't need you clinging to me when my assignment isn't complete. I'm sorry, y'all. I can shout right there. Uh, don't cling to me because my assignment isn't complete. I still have not sat on the right hand of the Father yet, so don't cling to me yet. Hmm. Not only do I don't need you to cling to me yet, because if you cling to me, you'll stop the next move. Because the next move is I'm getting ready to send the comforter. And the comforter is going to be more than to cling on to. The comforter is going to dwell in you. And if you cling to me, you'll stop the power of the Holy Ghost. Help me, God. Can I go a step further real quickly? Can I go a step further real quickly? Uh, uh, we look at the text here, and when we look at the text, we go down a couple verses later, and we see that Dr. Thomas comes in the room. And he tells her don't cling, but he allows Thomas to touch him. Why do you tell Mary don't cling, but Thomas can touch? Because there's a difference between a cling and a touch. <laughs> there's a difference between a cling and a touch. I'm sorry, y'all, but I'm getting ready to take it home. There's a difference between a cling and a touch. Uh, see, if you're clinging to me, it shows me that you don't have faith in me. You don't see me resurrected. You don't see me leave the grave. So now that you have faith, you don't need to hold on anymore. You now need to walk by faith. But Thomas needs a, he needs some evidence. And because he needs some evidence, I'm going to let him touch me, but I ain't going to let him cling to me. And this season, we got to let go and let God. And when we let go, that's when God will send his power down to take us to another phase. I hope y'all with me today. I'm sorry. I'm excited. I'm excited right now. So we see here, he tells her, don't cling to me. Don't cling to me because my mission isn't completely accomplished. Don't cling to me because my work still isn't done. Don't cling to me because I'm going to send you the promise of the Father in the book of Acts. So cling to me because you're going to have the same power that you've witnessed in these three and a half years if you can let me go and let the Spirit work in you. Don't cling to me because I got something better for you. Hmm. Watch this. He says, don't cling to me, but go tell my brothers. Watch this. Not my students, not my disciples, but go tell my brothers, which tells us that Jesus is now telling us that we are in the family of God. That by him dying three days ago and shedding his blood, we have now been adopted into the family of of God. So I'm no longer just your rabbi, but now I'm your brother. And he's no longer just the father, but he's your father. He's no longer just the God, but he is our God. 
And that's why when we pray, we can say, our Father, which are in heaven. It's no longer the God, but our God. Because now it's personal. He has changed our nature. He has changed who we are. We are more like him. He can identify with us. When he sees us, he sees his son. So now we are sons and daughters of God. So go tell them that I'm going to see our dad. <laughs> go tell them that I'm going to see our God. I'm sorry, I, I know I shouldn't be preaching like this, but I, I feel God in here real quickly. You got to understand something, y'all, that when Adam came into the earth, he changed the nature of our DNA. Because our nature of our DNA had the genetics makeup for us to have eternal life. Uh -huh, but when Adam ate from the tree of knowledge, he got food poisoning and his blood changed. And when his blood changed, he changed the blood and the DNA of mankind. Hmm. And when he changed the DNA of mankind, every time man would sin, he would leave evidence at the crime scene. Hmm. And the CMI, CSI investigators would come to the crime scene. And the director, Satan himself, the accuser of the brethren, would look at the blood in the crime scene and he would be able to accuse us and point us of our sins. So every time you sinned, you left evidence. Every time you came short, you left evidence. And every time you came in the sight of God, you were found guilty in the court of law because of the evidence that you left from your DNA. But early, <laughs> one morning, on a Sunday morning over 2,020 years ago, Jesus got up with all power in his hand. He did not just save us. He did not just deliver us. He did not just bring us out. But Paul says in Ephesians 4 and 22 that we took off the old man and we put on the new man and we became new creatures in Christ. Help me, Holy Ghost. So now when Satan goes to the crime scene of our sins and takes a swab of the DNA, <laughs> He puts us in the waiting room because he thinks he has charges on us. But when he takes a swab of our DNA, the DNA doesn't match because we have been changed by the blood of Jesus. I'm sorry, y'all. I feel this in here. My DNA is different. My fingerprint is different. The blood is different. My life is different. So now, that's why Paul says in Romans 8 and 1 that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You could accuse me in my sin, but now that my blood has changed, now that my DNA has changed, now that my life has changed, you can't accuse me of what God has redeemed me from. Finish. Finish, y'all. So now that we are sons and daughters of God, there are benefits that come with our sonship. There are benefits, talking to the ladies too, that come with our daughtership. Now that we are sons and daughters through his blood and through his sacrifice, everybody on this line that's a believer, you reap the benefits of being a son 
and a daughter of God. Some of y'all saying, what are the benefits? Benefit number one is that we are able to commune with him. Benefit number two is that we are led by the Holy Spirit. Benefit number three is that we are disciplined by him. For he only chastises those that he loves. Benefit number four is that we are a part of the church family. Benefit number five is that he is Jehovah Jireh. He will provide for his people. For I once was young, and now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. That's the benefit of being a child of God. Another benefit is he protects us from the evil one. And the next benefit is we can come before him boldly to the throne of grace. We don't need us priests because he is our high priest. We don't need somebody to go to for us because he is the one that goes in for us. That's why when we pray, we say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, because there is one God and one mediator between God and man and his name is Christ Jesus. Last benefit is all things work together for our good. The end result, y'all, if you ain't never read the Bible, the end result for the believers and the children of God and the sons of God is that we win. Oh, I wish I had somebody that could type in there. We won, we won, we won, we won. Y'all make the devil mad and just let him know we have won. So today is not a day of crying. Today is not a day of, of being confused. Today is not a day of being weary. Today is not a day of our eyes being so watered that we don't recognize that God is in the midst of us. But today is a day of victory. Today is a day of victory. And because we are victorious, I'm going through. I'm struggling. I don't know how God's going to do it. But you know what? I'm not going to sit here and cry. But I'm going to wipe my eyes and I'm going to try to find Jesus in this. Woo. Because God, you promised that you never leave me nor forsake me. And because I know this, let me find you in this. God, you said you were Jehovah Rapha. And because I know you are a healer, let me find you in this. God, you said that I am your child. And because I'm your child, let me wipe my eyes and find you in this. God, you said you are my provider. And I need you to provide, so let me find you in this situation. I'm talking to somebody today. Stop crying and find him in your situation. If you find if you seek him, you will find him. Christ is in this with us. And on today, this is a day to celebrate. This is a day to rejoice because we don't serve a dead God. Every other God recorded in history has a beginning and an end. But our God is eternal. Our God is the Alpha and the Omega. Our God is the author and the finisher of our faith. And because we serve a God that is eternal, we rejoice because we shall be with him in eternity.
I'm going to give you three points and I'm going to get out of your way. Point number one. <clears throat> point number one is ooh, pursue Christ no matter what. Don't allow negativity. Don't allow evil reports. Don't allow things that you're going through to stop you from pursuing God. Pursue Christ no matter what. Number two, God always fulfills his word. I don't have time to go through this, but there is a difference between your desire and God's desire. And some of y'all are upset with God because he didn't give you what you wanted, but that wasn't in his will. But if God has promised you something according to his will, you can bank on it that he is going to fulfill it. Number three, don't allow grief to hinder your vision. We are going through some troubling times right now. <clears throat> but my word of encouragement to you today is to find Jesus in your situation. And when you find him, you will be comforted in knowing that he will give you a solution for your problem. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this word on today, God. We thank you, Lord, for meeting us here on this Resurrection Sunday. God, I'm excited about what you're doing. I'm excited in the midst. I, I, I know that there are many folks that are going on, God, but God, if they rest in you, God, they have eternal hope. So, God, I thank you. Uh, but, God, for those of us that are still remaining, God, we thank you right now. We thank you, God, for your keeping power. God, we ask God that you continue, God, to keep a hedge of protection around us, God, and protect us from this pestilence, this pandemic, this virus. God, keep us. Keep us in your fold. Touch those that may have been affected, God, those that are, that are struggling and fighting for their life. God, we pray for healing and restoration right now. And God, we are going through some troubling times, but God, open our eyes so that we can see you in this life and in this situation. And Lord, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. At this time, we're going to serve our Holy Communion. I'm going to give everyone a little time, if you can, to, uh, you can grab your uh, communion cup, your drink uh, grape juice, your crackers or bread, whichever one you have. Um, and we're going to serve communion in just a few moments. So I'm going to give everyone an opportunity uh, to get their sacraments for communion. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this body and blood. This sacraments that symbolize your body and your blood, God. We ask you to bless in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the body and the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The body and the blood of the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise <laughs> God. Praise God.
Praise God. If you are ready, uh, just uh, send me a little message so we know where you guys are. If you guys are ready for Holy Communion. Amen. I see somebody said, we ready. That's right. Praise God. Ready. All right. <clears throat> Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Look at all these folks participating. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you all. Amen. Thank you all. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. All right. I'm going to assume everyone is ready at this time. All right. Uh, I'm going to be just share with you what communion is, and then we're going to partake in communion. Okay. All right. So communion is a ceremony where bread is broken and eaten as a representation of Jesus' body being broken for us. And wine or juice is consumed in memory of Jesus' blood being spilled for the forgiveness of our sins. During the Last Supper, Jesus spoke to his disciples, preparing them for his imminent departure and how to remember him in his absence. Additionally, Although there are no clear instructions on when communion should be performed, Jesus stated that it should be performed often. In the book of 1 Corinthians 11th chapter, starting at the 23rd verse, Paul is essentially asking the people to do a heart check before communion. Are their hearts in the right spot? Are they eating the meal to remember Christ's sacrifice and to engage a community? Are they divided among themselves or unified in Christ? Are they actually having communion, or are they just selfishly satisfying their own appetites? So before we partake in communion, we want to give everyone an opportunity just to examine themselves. Uh, for we don't want to take uh, communion unworthily. Uh, for even Paul shares with us that there are some that are asleep amongst us uh, because they have taken communion in an unworthy manner. Uh, so we want everyone just to examine themselves. Uh, afterwards, if uh, everyone is ready, we, we will continue and proceed uh, with the book of St. Matthew. Uh, the 26th chapter. Let us examine ourselves. Praise God. <clears throat> I'll be reading for the book of St. Matthew, the 26th chapter, uh, starting at the 26th verse. And it says, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. Let us eat. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your body, God, which was crucified on the cross for our sake. God, we thank you. And he took the cup and gave, gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, drinking all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Let us drink. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they had went out into the Mount of Olives. Father, again, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, God, for us to partake in your holy communion, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for your body and your blood, which was crucified and shed for the remission of our sins on Calvary's cross over 2,000 years ago. And God, we thank you, Lord. That you have died, God, that you died uh, so that we may live, God. But God, we rejoice even the more, God, that you have risen and that you are still alive and you still dwell amongst us, Lord. And we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you. Um, as you guys know, um, <clears throat> praise God. He has risen. Amen. As many of you know, um, we still would like to make sure that we take care of all of the necessities of our ministry um, also so that we can continue to be a blessing to the people in our community, uh, which is part of our mission statement. Um, so I want to just share with you our offertory response. Um, the word, first words of the Bible are about God's own generosity. God gave us the gifts of a beautiful creation, our home, the earth, and the animals that live here with us. On this morning, we come together to thank God and to offer our gifts so that the ministry of this church will continue to grow and prosper. Y'all guys going to read with me? How should we give? So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance of every good work. Why should we give? Giving allows us to serve our local community. Giving allows us to provide for those in need. Giving allows us to gather together in a building weekly. Giving allows us to spread the gospel in other cities across the nation and around the world. Now, as you guys know, obviously, usually there's three ways to give, but because I cannot see your wonderful, beautiful faces, uh, we're only down to two ways to give. Uh, the first way is through our GiveLify app. Um, those of you that are members of Hope Haven Church, you know how that works. You uh, download the app on your phone, your Android, Apple. Um, it's literally so easy. It's three taps and you're done. So it's tap, give, done. Uh, the other way, for those of you, this may be your first time and you want to be a blessing at Hope Haven Church, uh, you can go to our website, which is www.gotohopehaven.org. Uh, you go to the giving section, um, click on that link, and you can give through our website. Amen. So I give everyone an opportunity to do so if you would like. Uh, once again, we want to thank um, Sister Zippor for helping us today with our children's ministry. Praise God. Um, those of you that are interested, we will be having our children's ministry every Sunday morning from 1015 to 1045. Uh, so if you have any children ages 2 to 12, um, feel free to log into the Zoom app like you usually do for your Sunday morning worship. And your children can partake in our children's service um, event. Also, I want to make sure that we honor Darnell's report uh, on today. This is their 10th wedding anniversary, 12th wedding anniversary. I got it wrong, but I write it right. It's their 12th year anniversary. Can y'all get them a hand clap? 12 years of marriage. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. Praise God. That's right. That's right. Clap your hand. Do a little hand clap. Happy anniversary. That's right. Let them let them know we love them and we thank them. Um, they have sacrificed their anniversary today, y'all, to make sure that our service has gone well. And we want to let them know that we appreciate them and we thank God for them. Amen. Amen. Don't forget. I don't know how many folks are still on the line. Some of them probably jumped off. Don't forget on Friday night, this Friday, 7 p.m., we're going to have our Zoom party. Um, so check it out. Um, we are challenging those of y'all that think y'all can cook <clears throat> to bring your best dish to the table. If you show us your best dish, uh, the winner, uh, according to our judges, will get uh, some type of prize, some type of cash prize um, for the best cooked meal during our Zoom party, all right? So we're challenging y'all to, to cook one of the best dishes you can on Friday night, all right? Uh, next Friday on the 24th, 
Um, I'm, I'm calling all married and uh, dating couples. If you got a, you got a boo and y'all not married yet, but you guys are looking to really pursue, come join us on the line on April the 24th. We just want to have a great conversation amongst couples on April the 24th. So I'm calling all married and uh, seriously dating folks, all right, <laughs> uh, to join us on the Zoom app on April 24th. All right, y'all. Um, that, that's all I have for today. I want to thank you all for joining us on today. Uh, happy Resurrection Sunday. Um, I hope today has been a blessing to you. Um, and share with someone and invite them to join us on next Sunday. I love you all. God bless you. And may heaven smile upon you. Tell I haven't hollered in a long time. <laughs> I got to remember that. So they just sitting there for a while and just. <laughs> yeah. Nobody can talk though, because I don't know. You know, know. Funny. They're not. Okay. They're but, just... you know, they're still typing happy I prefer that. <laughs> um, yeah. Just a heads up. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so I guess you were watching yourself on the TV. I know. It looked like I was looking. Yeah. The so what I'll do is next week I'll put. The I was camera, thinking that. Yeah. I'll put the camera right here. Okay. And I was like, wait. I was like, wait. Where's his eye? Because I was, I was, I was looking at, I was looking at the scripture. So I was trying to like go there and go there. Yeah, we'll do that for next week. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, that was good. That was real good though. So I didn't have a lot of character.
got his collar on in his living room and everything. Yeah, so there were minus 31 people. That's good. Multiply that by a family of four. Yep. Yeah. Over 100 people. Damn. I had gone just before service. I mean, right before we started. Glad are getting old. <laughs> Yeah, um, I might have to. Well, we may have to switch things up. I'll let you know. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll try it again next week. But um, the videos and the presentation might be cause for an issue with them proclaiming. Because the internet is slow here. Yeah. Um, it has to pull it down from the cloud, basically, to play it. And it's choppy. And it's coming out choppy, yeah. Uh, what I might try next week is I'll connect that camera to this computer um, and try to store everything on this computer. Okay. Um, there's a way to, you know, you can like, when you upload videos, you say pretty much, you know, play from this computer. I don't know if that's going to change anything. And then the other one is to lower the quality of the videos. Okay. So we'll play around with both. Um, right now they're averaging in between, um, 720 or 1080. Okay. Um, obviously, you make it smaller, it's supposed to be a smaller file size. So we'll see how that plays out. Mr. Allen must have started earlier there. Oh no, I'm just that long. Service is that long today? It's 12 30. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We're usually done at 12. Um, yeah. That was a poor song. But we'll we'll be back to the word are we just well, she repeated herself a lot.
how have the offerings been decent over a struggle? Um, some weeks really good. Other weeks, I mean, it's always been. It, it really depends. This week not great, but people give in the middle of the week sometimes, so I don't discount Sunday. Yeah. No, uh, no fancy, uh, anniversary dinner. <laughs> you can't cook. Uh, actually, yeah, we'll probably do two takeouts. Oh, takeout. I'm about to say, you're wild. <laughs> So she didn't do a communion thing yesterday, I'm assuming. I don't know. Not I know Rachel talked her out of it too. Um, Tamara was at her brother's memorial. Okay, so it wouldn't have been. Um, no, I need to take this one back. Um, yeah, she was uh, with family. Yesterday, so I was like, I doubt if she met with my mom. So you got me thinking about dinner now. <laughs> so you got me thinking about dinner now. Yeah, DoorDash has been a lifesaver. Yes. Well, we do Uber Eats. Uh, it adds up, which is unfortunate. Um, but, no, you gotta read it. You gotta check your emails for those gaps. Wave, you know, they uh, waive those delivery fees. I'm a dash passer. I'll pay you ten dollars a month, and you uh, oh, so most you most, of the, most delivery fees are waived. It just depends on where you go. If it's a mom and pop spot, they'll they'll waive the fees because we we do our waste we spot called Chuck's. Mm-hmm. But what I'll do is I'll tip the driver more because mm-hmm. I don't know if that takes away from their fee. No, um, the tip is all drivers. No, I mean the delivery fee that they usually charge. Like, do they get a portion of that? No, that all goes to. Oh, that's probably. Yeah. That was an issue a while ago. 